What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel coming to you from Midtown Studios in downtown Bakersfield. I am your host, Matt. Daniel is off slaying giants and so today my co-host is my beautiful wife, Amanda Dogadio. I'm glad that you're here, love. How are you? I'm doing good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the elaboration. (laughs) Honestly, she answered the question. That was great. That was great. How are you? Good. Good. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate you answering the question. Um, We're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, I I have you here uh, on set, and there was something that I wanted to kind of talk about. I will tell you right now, if you're listening, um, that this is, is it's too much to dive into to do in one episode. And so we're probably going to have a two-parter. So this will be kind of part one, and then we'll hit a part two of this. Um, But I want to talk a little bit today about uh, religiously transmitted diseases and the the issue and the illness of religiosity or religion and and buying into a religion, defining a relationship with Jesus as religion only, or you know what I'm saying? We're going to unpack this and talk about this Uh, because if you read in the Bible, uh, there, there was really one sect of people that that Jesus had issues with. And it was not the sinner, and it was not the person that knew they were jacked up. He had a problem with the religious leaders. Like, that was who he had a problem with. And so um, I, I want to talk about this with you today, and, and we're, we're going to go um, to Matthew chapter 23. And I want all of our listeners, I'm kind of, going to give the listeners homework right now this episode because what I want you to do, I want you to go, I want you to read this whole encounter in Matthew chapter 23 verses uh, 1 through 36. But you can read the whole thing. Matthew chapter 23 is teaching against the religious uh, religious leaders of the time. Um, now, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into verses 1 through 4. So Matthew chapter 3, 1 through 4, or 23, 1 through 4. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. Huge, huge for Jesus to be speaking to the Jewish people and saying, like, look, these are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. And so then he says, so practice and obey whatever they tell you. Please, practice and obey whatever it is. That, in other words, what they're teaching you, what they're telling you, in, in, in terms of the law of Moses, they're good interpreters of the law of Moses. They, they understand what the law is. So practice and obey whatever they tell you. But don't follow their example. Yeah. Do not follow their example. And I, I think that that is just mind-boggling to me to take that away from this set of scriptures. That's the biggest takeaway to me is that there's this warning that we should be careful not to become like them in their actions. Why? Jesus says, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. And so um, there's this book that I came across, and actually it's going to be my recommendation later, um, uh, and it's called Religiously Transmitted Diseases. And it speaks to kind of the issues that we deal with when being religious becomes the goal, when religion becomes the goal. And, uh, and it speaks to this, becoming like this, becoming like what? Jesus is here. He's, he's warning against becoming religious or what the author of this book uh, calls testing positive for an RTD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I don't have... Um, 
I don't have a religious background. Mm-hmm. I don't have a church background. You do. That's why I'm glad that you're on this uh, this episode or this next couple episodes that we're going to be talking about this and because because I want your input here. You also married me when I was very, very new to church, but yet still, you know, that did not stop me from being swayed by the teachings and the doings of those who were dealing with these kind of diseases and even contracting RTDs for a season. I myself became very religious for a season, and I want to unpack some of this today in the episode, but what do you, what do you think of the idea even of just, of, of just like a religiously transmitted disease? And, and how Jesus is speaking against here the, the religious leaders of the time. Uh, you were talking about how like you, you weren't raised in all of this. Right. And I've mentioned it before because it's, it's seriously a thing for me. I was raised in church. So getting a chance to see you kind of new to it and you were so zealous and excited and you wanted to do a new thing and a good thing. And you had a, a, an, a genuine encounter with God, not something made up, not something like uh, fluffed up. You know, it wasn't fake. It was genuine. It was real. It wasn't religious. It wasn't, you know, um, it wasn't fake. It was authentic. And I remember feeling like, man, I, I missed that. I was almost jealous of it. Um, because to me it was, it was different. I was, I was, um, buried underneath all of this self-righteousness and, and you get, uh, confused and frustrated. Um, but which, by the way, I, I like like this. Get get into your microphone a little bit. You're oh, you're backed is. out of your microphone. Get into your microphone. Oh, testing one two. Can you hear me? There you go. I'm so good at this podcasting. Um, but I remember feeling like that. I remember feeling like, man, I hate I hate that so much that I've I've gotten to the place where I'm I'm kind of numb to the real part of it. Right? You go sure. to church, you just do this thing all over again. But it's what happens when you get uh, these new Christians who genuinely want an amazing relationship with the Lord. They really just want Jesus. And then you have all these people who are religious trying to show them what to do and how to do it. And right. they end up finding a way to like push in their, their own opinion or agenda, not necessarily trying to, but my goodness, does it happen? Yeah. And it does. It deludes this amazing encounter that these these people genuinely had trying to have this relationship with God. Yeah. And the way that, the way that I put it is I, I always joke and say, I still to this day, I don't really have um, very good church etiquette. Like, you know, I don't know how to act in church. And that, that means two things. Um, I don't, I don't want to put on a farce. I don't want to put on a mask. I don't want to play patty cake and play games in the church. I'm not interested in that. Because I had a very real encounter with a very real God that I didn't even believe existed at the time when he met me yeah. at an altar. And so I don't, I, I would get in trouble for not knowing how to, quote, act in church. Most uh, churches would appreciate you uh, figuring out the rules and playing the game only because you're, you're more manageable at that point. Right. And that's disturbing, but that's a, that's a true fact. And, and here's the issue. The less time that you make for your relationship with God in the church the more time or the more that you will find yourself becoming religious about the things in church. That's when, that's when it becomes religious. And here's the deal. Jesus is not a religion. He's a person that we are to be in relationship with. You cannot have a relationship with religion because religion cannot relate to you. Religion cannot give anything back to you. Religion, religion it's in and of itself is an inanimate 
object. It is, it is an idea. It is an ideology. Religion cannot give you anything back. Only if you are in relationship can you have relatability with Jesus. And that's, that's the whole point of this thing. All right, so we'll probably have some more scriptures come up uh, that we'll reference today. But, but, but please, again, listeners, go read Matthew 23. I encourage you. Read Matthew 23. It's a really, really cool uh, depiction here of, of Jesus kind of talking back and forth with his disciples and the religious leaders of the time. Um, but we're probably going to get into some more uh, scriptural reference today. But let's get into some of these examples of, um, of RTDs. And every time I say RTD, I feel like I'm getting ready to say R2D2 because I've said it <laughs> for two. I clearly have Star Wars issues as well. But um, there's, the f- no, there's no such thing as a Star Wars issue. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we can unpack that maybe for a different, that might not be a different episode. That might be a different podcast. But um, the first religiously transmitted disease that I want to talk about today is this spiritual amnesia. Yeah. Spiritual amnesia. This is, this is what happens um, the moment that we stop focusing on God mm-hmm. and who he is to us and who he is for us, right? And let me explain a little bit as we unpack spiritual amnesia, what it looks like. So somebody gets saved. Uh, for those out there listening, you get saved. Uh, you Somebody comes into relationship with Jesus, right? They give their heart to Jesus. They accept Jesus into their heart. And you remember that there is this, there's an overwhelming sense of peace. There's this sense of joy. There's this there's this wholeness and this completeness in that moment that you feel. And then life punches you in the mouth. Then you start getting kind of bogged down by the daily, right, uh, experience that you've been walking in. You had that great experience where you felt whole and there was peace and there was joy and there's all this great stuff. And then as life begins to hit you, you begin to forget that wholeness. You begin to forget that joy that, that you experienced at, at the altar, and it's like the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews uh, chapter 2, verse 1, uh, he says, pay, pay more careful attention to what we've heard so that we don't drift away. We get spiritual amnesia, right? I remember the moment. I remember it like it was yesterday, August of, two, of the year 2000. And I was sitting in the back of a room, and I remember this feeling of conviction that, that washed over me that I was like, if you're real, I, I want you. I need you running to the altar, praying, and felt just the burden just lifted off of me that I didn't even know was there. I remember all of that, and yet still, we come down with spiritual amnesia. Yeah, and I've seen you uh, have moments where you're trying to keep up with uh, the church thing, Mm. you know, because uh, you did have a genuine encounter with God, which was amazing, and you're like, God, my life is yours, and and you felt a call very early, um, yet playing the church card, you know, you, you have to abide by certain rules. I was looking at the message translation of what we're, um, we're talking about Matthew 23. Yes. And I thought it was interesting. They said, uh, talking about the religious leaders, um, they package these rules, uh, in like a bundle loading you down like pack animals. And they seem to take pleasure in watching you stagger under these loads. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen so often. Um, they wouldn't think of lifting a finger to help you almost to, kind of see you not at their level you know like they're they end up putting themselves on a pedestal it's it's good people trying to start a new work but they also want to be of importance and they can get in their own way when it when people get saved for the first time and they have this amazing encounter with God 
we bring them in and we're like, okay, we got to fix them. We got to help them know what being a Christian is and what it should look like and how they need to act and what they need to say and how they need to be. Yeah. And there was, I remember even like uh, rules and stuff that were brought up that are not even biblical. They were just more of like the opinion of the, of the church leader or the idea behind what a Christian should look like. Sure. And we're almost trying to recreate that instead of pointing in his direction. Yeah. So is this that rhyme that, that we were taught actually was taught this rhyme um, when I was like 21, 22 years old and we started going to a a church uh, that, that we don't drink, smoke, cuss or chew or hang around with those that do. (laughs) And and, and that actually got a chuckle out of, out of Andy. Um, Like I remember like being told this and I heard it so often that I remember it. Think about that. Like how often do you have to hear something before you can actually, I'm, it's been, it's been so many years since I've even heard that, but I remember that. And I remember hearing that and going, wait, what? Because I was somebody that hated Christians that didn't believe God existed, that hated the idea of anybody going to church. I thought they were foolish. I thought they were idiotic for even for, I thought they, they were, it was a crutch, you know, all, every single, every, every single agnostic or atheist excuse or reason that you could think or, 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 um, you know, uh, derogatory statement that could be made against believers. I would say those things. And my friend hung out with me. My friend invited me to church. Like I read now knowing what I know now and, and being a pastor and, and reading God's word and being in relationship with God's word. I'm like, Jesus hung out with people that didn't quite, you know, fit the bill of what you're saying that we don't hang around with. You know what I'm saying? And, and what we're speaking to, I guess, too, is spiritual amnesia can, can come one of two ways. It sounds like not just life hitting you, but even the weight of, of the things of the church can be he- so heavy or we can be so busy doing all of that stuff that we forget God. We forget God and who he is and what he's done for us. And we need to remember that God initiated your faith by sending his son to the cross for your sins. He was the initiator of all of this. He's been waiting for your response. He, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth, God gave so that we could be made whole. Do not forget that. That, that wholeness that you felt begin in your heart uh, at the altar that one time, God started it. And he who begins a good work in us, Philippians 1, 6, it is, is faithful to complete it or finish it. God started it. God will finish it. So we might experience spiritual amnesia from time to time, but I promise you, if we focused on the fact that God is the initiator of our faith. Yeah. And he has to be the main focus. He has to be everything. Um, when, man, I, I feel like I've seen it so often with new converts. And of course, I use you as an example because I was so man, I loved so much your zeal and your excitement to do a new thing. But you were upset with me a little bit too about it, right? A little bit, but then I even got frustrated just seeing what the church is capable of because um, we tend, again, to try to force our opinions and and rules on on them and show them, here's the playbook on how to be a Christian and not uh, seek God, seek the Father. You know, this is what the Bible says about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to act. And who we are, there should be so much freedom in being a Christian, absolute, complete freedom. Yet for some reason, there's so much freedom in coming to the Lord for the very first time and having your life altered. And then there's not freedom in this weird 
sect of uh, rules and this idea of, hey, this is what you do to be a Christian. Here's your 12-step program. Right. And I remember like when me and you are married, and we've been married for like 18 years, there was time 18 years is true. where you would not even kiss me in the parking lot of the church because you're that. like, I don't want anyone to think that's inappropriate. And I'm like, are you kidding? We're married. But you had this idea of, I want to make sure that I'm doing this the right way. Yeah. And the same with like, everyone feels like they have these rules. Like I can't, I don't know if I should be doing that because I don't know how, if Christians are supposed to do that. There, there's so much fear around making a mistake instead right. of genuinely acknowledging the fact that we are in absolute need of a savior. And the only reason why we have his grace and mercy in the first place is because he's so awesome. There should be so much freedom in being a Christian yet for some reason it just becomes this crazy baggage that we carry or this fear or guilt or shame. And it's kind of how a lot of, um, a lot of people feel in the church. That's why when they do leave, they don't want to come back to that feeling. They right. don't want to come back to that. And why would they? And Jesus spoke to this again, the religious leaders of the time. He's, he's speaking to it as though, you know, religion is a burden, but the relationship with Christ should not be a burden. He, Jesus himself even said, take my yoke upon you, which was talking about his teaching. My burden is easy. Yeah. You know, my, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And so, um, yeah, so we, we need to avoid religion because religion brings religiously transmitted diseases like spiritual amnesia. There's another one that I want to talk about, though, today, too. And that's uh, syncretitis. Syncretitis. This is the idea of adopting spiritual relativism. Uh, big word, um, but let me kind of break it down real simply. The idea that you have to get along with everybody. Relativism is the belief that all points of view are equally valid. Every single point of view is equally valid. What I think is right is right, and what you think is right is right. Uh, and relativism has infiltrated culture. It's infiltrated the church as well, uh, stating uh, that what you believe about God and what I believe about God are equally true, that everyone finds their own. There are many ways to God. There are many ways to heaven. This is, this is relativism and there in the church, the idea of adopting a spiritual relativism, this is that syncretitis where we all have to be able to get along with everybody. Now, the Bible absolutely obliterates yeah. this point of view. Right. It completely destroys the fact that there are so many different ways that you can get to God. Mm -hmm. There are many different truths. No, no, no. The Bible clearly defines that God is the source of all truth, not human reasoning, right. not human preference. In fact, Jesus tells Pontius Pilate, he's telling, he's talking, he's talking to the Roman governor. He says, I was born and I entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. Yeah. Everyone who cares for truth, who has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice and Pilate responds with what I believe is the groan of humanity. What is truth? Yeah. What is this truth? And this is a tough pill for the modern, modern world to, to swallow, but this is the absolute cure for syncretitis right here. I'm not saying that we shouldn't work to live in peace with everyone. Uh, I, I'm saying that the word of God uh, uh, declares Living in peace with others cannot be done without the help of the Holy Spirit because peace is a characteristic of fruit produced by God's Spirit. Yeah. And so there is, there is this truth 
of who God is and what God is. Yeah. Um, I already told we we talked about this podcast because I do, I do get in a loop of things where I just keep repeating myself because I, I'm, I'm so, I stand so firmly on certain things. Uh, when it comes to truth, because we know humanity has two big issues. The two biggest yes. issues that we've seen in humanity are truth, yes, dealing with truth, and dealing with insecurity. Insecurity too. It just comes with truth because right. if you if you knew the truth about who God is and who you are and what you are capable of and it's okay and you and you're comfortable with it, insecurity is not a thing. Apologizing wouldn't be a big deal. Asking for forgiveness wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, being a part of any movement or having hard conversations would not be a big deal. None of this would be a, as big of a deal if we were confident and secure in believing who God is as the so truth. Being um, and being a, a pastor and ministering to people, when people approach me to talk about things, um, I don't let them get away with the lie that they've been telling themselves about certain things, whether they're justifying a certain decision or, you know, trying to uh, work their way around something or they have an opinion that they've stand firm on. If it's not real and if it's not true, I have to say it's not true. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of people are like, that's weird. That's not, that's not a common response. I don't mind confrontation because I think the truth for me on a personal level has genuinely set me absolutely 100% free. Right. And I say, want say that, that one more time. Say that one more time. The truth for me, it has set, it set me free, like yeah. huge. It's really the only thing that has been able to seriously turn my life around because I was so busy concentrating on lies that weren't true. And some of those lies, as we're talking about this whole thing, mm-hmm. are the made up rules that we have or the opinions that we have about what sure. it looks like to be a Christian and what right. and how you should operate and how you should seem when if, it, if it's not biblical, gross. Uh, right. But, you know, a lot of people are not really diving into their Bible, too. They have nothing to, to look at in comparison. Yeah. And if the word is truth and if we meditated on it and we understood it, then we would be set free. Any one person can say or do anything. We know if it doesn't align with what the word says, there's something deeper there. I right. had a, um, I had someone on our team last night. We were talking about something, and they got these feelings about uh, something that we were discussing. And I was noticing there's something underneath there. Why are they feeling that way? Yep. And it was it was something that they were trying to justify because they could not they weren't okay with being wrong in that moment. Okay. But the truth though helps you navigate through things. If you keep lying to yourself about what's true, what's not, um, they taught, I, I, I read this thing saying that, and it's, it has to be true because it, it just genuinely happens to us. If you meditate on things that are not true and that becomes your reality, it's like a mental illness because mm-hmm. it just is. Right. If you believe up is down and down is up, you can't problem solve. You can't, you can't, you can't see the difference. And when you go to a church and you don't know the difference, you're just like, whatever they end up saying, I have to do. And I have, I have to go here. I have to make this happen. I, right. the truth is what we need more than anything, not our opinions. Yeah. And we won't always get along when we can't agree on truth. No. And, and the fact is the truth does not care about your feelings. Right. You know, we've said that many times. The truth gives zero craps about your feelings. It really does. Um, and, and I've learned that my own self, you talked about how the truth has set you free. The truth has set me free on many occasions. And in fact, it, not just in our marriage, but even in any and every relationship that we have, we do our level best to be truthful and to have truth be at the forefront. Why? And, and it's not easy. It's not easy. Why? Because people don't like hearing the truth about themselves sometimes. And uh, we, so we'll, we'll hide behind the disguise of, well, you're, you're a hater. 
you're you're a got oh you're a gossiper you're this that no 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 I'm talking to you yeah I'm not talking over here over here at the at the beauty parlor under a hairdryer I'm talking right. about you I'm talking directly to you this ain't gossip Jack I'm trying to be a brother I'm trying to be a sister I'm trying to love you well and tell you this truth and people don't like to hear it and so we we won't always get along when we can't agree on truth truth is mutually exclusive in and of itself. There are not a great many truths. I've said that before. But we as believers, we as true followers of Jesus, we must dare to be different in holding fast to the truth found in the person of Jesus. If we are not holding fast to the truth, then we will not be as close to Jesus as we think that we are. Because Jesus himself said, I am the truth. And it's hard to be different this way because being different like this brings rejection mm-hmm. and nobody likes rejection nobody likes being rejected but uh, G- it wasn't nothing we weren't warned, warned about yeah. jesus said jesus said hey if the world hates you keep in mind they hated me first i've i've dealt with this you already know this huge because right. um so they're coming to take me away i don't know if you can hear that <laughs> online but they're they're coming we just, we're, um i because truth contradicts the lie you've been telling yourself right because like, right. if you've been lying to yourself and you've been seriously planting your flag on something that's not true yeah the truth will contradict that, and that does not feel does good. not feel good, right? And 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 uh, we said we've said this before as well that you know if you're upset with the truth tellers in your life, it's probably because of the lies that you're living. Absolutely, yeah. And we are all human. We all do the same thing, and we've all we've all can say we've lied. We every single absolutely. One of us. So it's not like it's something that some people deal with and some people don't. No, I do think that some people make uh, a life career out of it because they are trying so hard to hide away from what they feel like is the truth about themselves. But the truth is they don't even know the truth about themselves. Right. We're supposed to be human and allowed to like live our lives and make mistakes and not be perfect. But people do, they, they generate these, uh, these things that are not true. And then if you contradict them, they do not like that feeling. And so I've, uh, went and I used to be a liar. So I absolutely know that feeling. It sucks. It's not fun. Right. But that's what I'm saying. That's why the truth is so important to me on this end, because it genuinely saved my life. Because being completely 100% honest, even when it didn't make me look cute, right? it was um, freeing like nothing had ever been before. And that's what I want for people. I know it hurts. I know it's not fun. I right. know. But believing a lie I promise is not worth it. Well, and it's not going to get, it's not going to get easier. And I think the, the way that this, we've seen this kind of spiritual relativism and syncretitis, as we're calling it as a religiously uh, transmitted disease, the way that we've seen this kind of infiltrate the church is like this. Modern religion focuses on filling the churches with people. Um, how can we get more people to here? How can I get more people to attend here? There's nothing wrong with trying to figure out a culture of invitation and having people come. That's what you want. You want, of course, you want people to be introduced to the gospel. But growing God's church was never our responsibility. Sharing His truth yeah. was. God, God added to the church daily, such as should be saved. God says, this, this is, uh, he, when he's speaking to Peter, he's saying, you know, um, upon this rock, I will build my church. He wasn't talking about Peter. He was talking about the truth that, had, uh, uh, that Peter had confessed that you are the Messiah. You are the son, you're the son of the living God. That's who you are. And Jesus is like, you get it. Upon that foundation, upon that truth, I'm going to build my church. Notice that he's saying, 
God, Jesus, he's going to build the church. He does the growing. We do the loving. We love God. We, we love Jesus. We're in relationship with people. We love people. God is the one who builds the church. But we focus sometimes so much on, on, on filling churches that we try our best just to make sure that we don't say anything controversial or, or make sure that we don't say anything that maybe paints us in, in, a, in a bad light or paints humanity in a bad light. Dude, we are humanity. Like, I am humanity. When I talk about humanity... I'm not talking about just you if you feel guilty because I'm saying humanity. I'm talking about me too. Yeah. Like we're all broken, we're all jacked up. We're all we're all sinners. Every single one of us have have fallen short of God's uh, uh, glory of God's mark that he has set of the bar that he set for us. But um, that's that's just the truth of it. And modern religion focuses on filling the churches with people, but the gospel focuses on filling people with God. Yeah. Um, so I know it's a, it's a churchy word or Christian word, but flesh, right? So we're asked to lay ourselves down. Our lives don't matter. You know, he, he is everything. We want to seek him with everything that's in us. So all these selfish desires and thoughts and stuff, they have to go, but we end up catering to those things and people because we want them to want to be at church and want them to come, you know, so right. we'll cater to th- what they think or what they feel or what would make them feel better. Another part too is interesting is like, we typically have a control problem. Most people do. Sure. And if I can give you again, a 12 st- step program, you're like, Oh, I can be saved. It's easy for me to be this Christian because I can dot, dot here, here and there right. instead of having this open heaven and where you are just genuinely seeking God with everything that's in you and getting clear direction and having the Holy Spirit lead, guide, and direct you, that can be a nerve wracking thing because you sure. got to seriously sacrifice yourself to right. be able to have that. And that's scary for most people. And so we kind of placate to the, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings and I don't want them to feel bad. And I, I want them to feel like, you know, encouraged and supported and they should, and we should love each other wholeheartedly. But I think loving each other well is, again, being completely 100% honest. Yeah, um, absolutely. I love that. Man, uh, listen, we there's there's so much more to unpack. I still have more things that I want to talk about, but we're going to we're going to do that in in part 2, I think of 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 this kind of topic of religiously transmitted diseases. Um, so right now, why don't we just take a moment? I'm actually going to make a recommendation. Uh, we're we're going to close out this episode, but we're we're not we're not quite done. Just wait, and we're going to have part two. But um, I want to give this recommendation. Uh, this is the whole reason why uh, why I'm on this kind of tangent today of religiously transmitted diseases is because of a book by Ed Gunger uh, called "Religiously Transmitted Diseases: Finding a Cure When Faith Doesn't Feel Right," and I can't tell you how many times I've wrestled with faith not feeling right. right. And it was often because religion got in the way. It was never because Jesus got in the way. <laughs> it was always because religion got in the way. So that's my, that's my recommendation uh, uh, for, for today. What do, you, what do you got for us? Okay, mine is an Instagram follow. Uh, Leaders Only Co. Leaders Only Co. That's yeah. a good follow. They share uh, a ton of quotes. Honestly, they are so awesome so real so honest i was gonna say talk about keeping it real they keep it real absolutely um so yeah it's not necessarily faith-based but i don't care i love it uh it's a fantastic follow absolutely and as we sign off today remember god prefers the fruit of the spirit over religious nuts that's all the time that we have 
for today's episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel. I'm not going to lie. The music came in and it scared me a little bit. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you next time. Love like Jesus.